Good Bone Health makes active aging possible. Join us for inspiring conversations from diverse perspectives in osteoporosis from patients, healthcare providers, caregivers, policymakers, researchers, advocates, and innovators. Protect your ability to live your best life. The information and opinions expressed in Bone Talk are not intended to replace the services of trained and qualified health professionals or to be a substitute of medical advice of physicians. You may review the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation's full medical disclaimer at bonehealthandosteoporosis.org. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bone Talk. I'm Claire Gill. CEO of the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation. With us today is Carol Michaels, an award-winning leader in the fitness industry. She is a health and wellness expert with over 20 years experience and is passionate about inspiring the best in others. She is known for her unique, creative, and fun exercise programs. In fact, she has offered a series of free online exercise programs for those impacted by osteoporosis for a number of years through her company, Carol Michaels Fitness. She is the founder and creator of Recovery Fitness, an exercise program designed to help patients recover from cancer surgery and treatments with osteoporosis. Her mission is to help people get fit and learn how to live healthy lifestyles. She brings her insight and experience to educating and motivating others to get fit and is a strong advocate for lifestyle improvement. Carol received her degree from the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and is certified by the American Council on Exercise and the American College of Sports Medicine. Carol, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I know I've gotten such great feedback about your online classes and people just want more of them. So I thought it would be great for us to talk a little bit on this podcast and hopefully introduce more people to your great work. So we've talked about a lot about how exercise affects bone health and the ways to safely perform physical activity with osteoporosis. So let's start with a bit of background about why is exercise important and how it relates to keeping our bones healthy. Well, exercise increases your chance of living longer. All the studies show that exercise can reduce the risk of diseases such as cancer, heart disease, and osteoporosis. Of course, it helps you manage your blood sugar, insulin levels. It helps you improve your mental health and your mood. It helps you deal with stress and reduce depression. And we know the correlation between stress, cortisol, and osteoporosis. So uh, this is a really important aspect of exercise. And it also helps us improve sleep and helps with weight control. It uh, helps us maintain muscle mass, um, our muscle strength, coordination, and balance. It helps us prevent falls and the related uh, fractures. So uh, exercise is important for everyone, especially uh, older adults and people who have been diagnosed with uh, osteoporosis. And um, exercise in relation to keeping our bones healthy, we need to just understand that bone is living tissue. It's not just the kind of skeleton that we uh, think of uh, during Halloween. It's living tissue that responds to exercise by becoming stronger. 
It exercises the stimulus that makes bones stronger. Stressing the bone through an activity and any type of physical activity or exercise encourages to grow more dense. Inactivity, just being very sedentary, leads to decreased bone mass. It really is incredible, as you said, how important exercise is to our overall health. If we could only, you know, figure out how to get the entire population to really prioritize exercise, we could do away with so many diseases, as you said. And I'm saying this to myself and trying to, you know, encourage myself to do it too, because it's always the thing that gets put on the back burner, right? It's the the last thing on a priority list when you're a mom and you're working and you're running around trying to do all of these things. And then your own, you know, health and well-being, you know, it becomes something that's just not prioritized. So as you just mentioned and rattled off, there's nothing in our lives that exercise does not improve health-wise. So we really need to talk more about it and we need to make sure people are encouraged to do it. So let's talk a little bit about, you created a really tailored fitness program for people affected by osteoporosis. And as I mentioned, you've been kind enough to share those for free online and we've gotten so much great support. But tell me a little bit about the program you offer and the behaviors that you promote that help bring about a healthy lifestyle. Well, you know, first of all, just to mention, you know, when I work uh, with small groups or one-on-one, I try to gather as much information about the person's goals and fitness levels, their exercise experience and knowledge, their health history. For example, I like to know their age, the severity of their osteoporosis, learn about their DEX score, FRACs, their all the information that I can gather, current medications, other medical conditions, such as uh, cardiovascular disease, arthritis, neurological problems, neuropathy. Of course, if you have neuropathy, that's going to affect the balance greatly. On my online group sessions that I've been uh, doing with your uh, organization, I cover all the components of a good osteoporosis exercise program. And that includes strength training, weight bearing, and now, you know, with the, uh, well, the research that's come out over the last three or so years, uh, impact exercise for certain subsets of those with osteoporosis, we cover posture, alignment, balance, (laughs) flexibility, The goal in the program is to strengthen every major muscle group. Of course, we have an emphasis on spine and hip spine extensions, hip strengthening. Those are the areas uh, everyone's concerned about. But, um, you know, it's a full body exercise. You just don't want to create imbalances. So it's important to really exercise the entire body, but we do emphasize uh, the the hip and, and spine. You also don't want to exercise one muscle without the opposing muscle to create imbalances. So for example, you wouldn't just want to work on abdominals, which uh, you know, you'll see often, you know, everyone wants those six-pack abs. So they do that and then they forget about the opposing muscle, the spinal extensors. So in the program uh, that we've been offering through your organization, we use basic equipment, which is 
really inexpensive, or you can use something in the house. You know, basically, we're using just some uh, hand weights and barbells, stretch bands, and a mat. You know, in other other sessions of level two and level three programs, uh, we'll use the step. If you remember the old step aerobics and a ball, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, finding that you know now with some of this uh, the newer research on the importance of impact using the step again for certain subsets of uh, the osteoporosis population, it's a wonderful tool to get that uh, impact in. We also like to use the large exercise ball because that really allows us to do wonderful spine strengthening exercises that you really otherwise uh, wouldn't be as comfortable uh, doing. So in in the program, the emphasis is on technique. The form is really, really, really important. So for example, a lot of people feel like, oh, I've been exercising for years and I'm doing these abdominal, these core exercises, and I'm not really getting results. And I try to make sure they are actually activating those muscles. Sometimes they're really just using the hip flexors or other muscles uh, to sort of compensate to compensate for weaknesses in those areas. Perhaps they're doing the um, the row, a very typical exercise to strengthen the upper back. Sometimes they're not activating those upper back muscles. They're really just using their their bicep muscle. So we try to really you know break it down, make sure uh, they're doing the exercise properly. We try to emphasize the use of our large muscle groups. For example, the uh, the gluteals. A lot of people sadly have something now the uh, which is called gluteal amnesia. It's been a trendy term for the last few years because of all the sitting, and especially now during the pandemic, there's been a lot of uh, sitting and TV watching, and if we keep the gluteal strong, it really uh, keeps a lot of areas of the body strong, particularly the back. One more thing that I concentrate on in this program is functional fitness. And that's a missing component uh, that I see with a lot of exercise uh, programs, classes. Um, We need to provide people with osteoporosis with functional fitness. And that just means using our body in the way we do in everyday life. Exercise that makes makes sense, that helps you do the activities that you want to do. So that means we have to add some compound exercises, which means using two different muscle groups, maybe more at the same time. So for example, you know, if you're do, excuse me, doing a squat, why not add a bicep curl with it, and that might simulate a move that you would do in your everyday life, sort of bending down and and lifting something. Okay. I was thinking when you were talking about that, like the functional fitness thing too, that they, you know, all the recommendations of take the stairs, you know, or park further away in the parking lot so that you have to walk to wherever you're going. But you're talking about more, like you said, the combination of things that we do, you know, where so often we hear from patients, you know, I, I just reached for something on a shelf and I could feel 
you know, I could feel it in my spine, right? So you're talking about working muscles like that. So we prevent those kinds of injuries. Yes, that is correct. So learning how to squat or do a a hip hinge while using a weight uh, in certain directions to try to simulate a move that you would do, perhaps, you know, lifting your suitcase up off of the floor, perhaps taking a child or grandchild out of the crib using your large muscle groups, your legs and your glutes, and not rounding the spine. So exercises that can relate to something you do in everyday life. For about, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, Carol. So I was also thinking about too. Sometimes the like some of the simplest things, even from going from sitting to a standing, you know, thing. As you talked about, like squats and stuff like that. I was just thinking about that repetition of just trying to get out of the chair, particularly if it's a deeper chair that we all notice as we get older, like it takes a little bit of a rock, you know, to kind of to get that. So even like you said, doing exercises that allow us to do that safely. Right, right. So for our uh, pure beginners, you know, who have not participated in exercise program, you know, that is exactly something we would do, you know, sit to stand, keeping it very, very simple and very, very easy to learn. And of course, once they have, you know, they're able to perform uh, some of the exercises, then we would uh, add on to these other more complicated compound moves. We focus on on balance exercises, of course, mm-hmm. and you know, for our pure beginners, you know, we're very happy if they can stand on one leg for a certain amount of time. But then, to really improve your balance, that is not enough. Balance is a combination of leg strength and abdominal strength, and, and uh, quite a few other uh, factors as well. But we add onto standing on one leg to moving the arms in certain ways so that, for example, how many people do you know that have walked their dog and someone called their name or their phone rang and they just kind of like quickly looked up and lost their balance and and fell? What we try to do is do a one leg balance, but then perhaps, you know, looking the other way, you know, adding some arm movements just to kind of, again, try to make it relate to something that could happen. So the balance, well, well, these moves go right into our our muscle memory. We also uh, try to do lunges in every direction, just taking a step forward to the side and back. This way, you know, let's say you're walking and there's a crack in the sidewalk or a root that you trip over. You try to train your to bring your leg maybe forward to the side so that you you prevent a fall. So bottom line. Yeah, I love that. But it's so important, Karen, like you said, because rarely, again, like you said, when people are, are falling, it's not in an isolated thing where they're just like standing still and all of a sudden they fall, right? As you said, it's always in these circumstances where you know, you're doing multiple things at once. Like you said, looking up, looking sideways, you know, doing all that. So I love the idea of being able to increase, you know, the exercise or the practice so that once you are feeling solid on, you know, your balance kind of stuff, then you change up something in the environment that might impact, you know, what you've been, what you've been trying to do. We said, 
you know, chaos happens when chaos happens. And it's like, you have to be prepared for it, you know, under those circumstances. So I love that conditioning. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, the program is actually fun. You know, I try, you know, uh, people think sometimes of exercises like military training, they're going to come out like sweating and and aching. And I, I make it fun. It's appropriate for all fitness levels, various modifications are are given uh, for all of the levels, ages, and uh, exercise experience. And it's not just the same seven exercises that people usually do. You know, we use our body in so many different ways that I think we really need to strengthen the body in different planes of motion. You just don't want to get bored. The the reason people stop exercising is sometimes it can it can get boring. Mm-hmm. So I try to make it fun. Well, yeah, we gotta try to make it fun. So let's talk a little bit just, you know, we use terms all the time when we're talking to people about the need for exercise and the type of exercises that are appropriate for building bone, maintaining bone, as you as you mentioned, sort of the remodeling, the natural remodeling that happens. So can you talk a little bit about some examples of what are weight-bearing exercises and then what are strengthening exercises? Okay, so, you know, weight-bearing, you know, those are the the weight-bearing and resistance exercises are the best exercises for your bones. So weight-bearing exercises force you to work against gravity, So some examples would be walking, hiking, jogging, dancing. For what exercise to do that's weight-bearing, I always like to say, of course, the best exercise for you is the one that you're going to do and hopefully that you like to do. The uh, resistance or strengthening exercises are um, lifting weights or using your own body weight and you know you do want to uh, try to uh, do exercises that strengthen all the major muscle groups uh, in the body. And uh, the thing that's interesting to know is that exercises such as swimming and bicycling are you know wonderful exercises for cardiovascular benefits. You know they they do uh, help build muscle uh, as well. Supposedly, they're not the best exercises for your bones because they're not weight-bearing. But I want to just mention that in a study that I read for swimming, and I think all the swimmers will be happy to know this, uh, and and people love to swim, it might not be the best for your bones in terms of density. But this particular study said that they saw improvement in quality. So I thought that was uh, interesting information that we we don't always we don't yeah. Always yeah we always diss as you said the swimming as far as you know something that is bone benefit but you know as you as you said I mean any kind of exercise is important and you got to do what you love and so again if you're a big swimmer or bicyclist, and then, you know, you want to improve your bones and just add some additional things to it, you know, continue to do what you love. We also talk a lot, though, and I I think it's really important for people listening who have osteoporosis to know this, that, you know, safe movement is so important, and that there are certain types of exercise sometimes that people need to be aware of that could be dangerous. 
uh, for people who have osteoporosis, particularly for those with spine with vertebral compression fractures. So can you talk a little bit, Carol, about maybe some of the, the movements or the exercises that people with more severe osteoporosis should avoid? Uh, yes. So the exercises or movements to be avoided would be flexion and extreme twisting. So examples of flexion would be your crunches, your sit-ups, and quite frankly, you know, in uh, all the newer uh, movement programs, you know, we really don't uh, do a whole lot of those anyway because people wind up pulling on their neck and they can be harmful even without osteoporosis. So flexion exercises, going down to touch your toes with a rounded spine, and twisting exercises, uh, perhaps doing that windmill stretch or the um, any type of extreme yoga twist position. But you do need to understand what twisting means for your unique situation. You know, everyone is different. And a lot of times, uh, these recommendations are not a black and white situation. For example, a lot of people here, I can't twist. And sometimes they walk around completely stiff in fear of, of fracturing. So, you know, it's good to work with an exercise specialist, a health professional to really understand what is really twisting for you because everybody is so, so different. You don't want anyone walking around like you know, Frankenstein completely uh, <laughs> right. Say, right. and, not, and, not, and not moving. So really, I would say to summarize, really don't do any sudden forceful movements. Always start your exercise program at a very, very low level. Use small, light weights to start and progress slowly. An exercise that is too vigorous or you do it too quickly, that may increase your risk of injuries. Um, one thing I, I would like to mention, though, on this uh, topic, which I get asked about all the time, is golf. Uh, you know, a lot of people, right. especially as they get a little older, uh, become very interested in golf. And we've always heard, you know, from a, a lot of people, not everybody, do not golf. But, you know, golf done uh, with modifications is is a possibility because if uh, anyone listening knows the swing, in effect, you're just going into spinal extension and you can shorten your swing and make sure that you're playing the game with a modified technique and, of course, try to strengthen the muscles and stretch the muscles used in the game. So you don't want anyone to feel like the, a diagnosis of osteoporosis is going to ruin their lives. There's ways of learning to exercise safely. And whenever you're not sure, speak to your health professional and get some guidance. Yeah, that is, that's such great advice because like you said, it really is an individual thing. And while we try to give as much recommendations and input as we can to people about the appropriate exercises they should be doing, really, it, as you said, it depends on where you are in your osteoporosis journey and and how much you can be able to to add to your exercise routine if you haven't done something before. Or if you're an avid exerciser and want to kind of continue that, again, how to continue to live that healthy, active life and do the things you love so much. I was sort of relieved when I had 
a back issue and a doctor said, I really don't think you should do golf. And I'm like, oh, great, because I'm not good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have an excuse. Oh, oh, back injury. You can't do the whole golf thing. (laughs) Saves a lot of time. Um, So the other thing I wanted to just touch on, Carol, with you, which is also such a common question, and it's kind of, it's sort of that balance between being optimistic and realistic, right? So often people ask if exercise can cure or reverse their osteoporosis, right? And it's kind of confusing for people because if you do, you know, change your lifestyle, both diet and do, you know, appropriate exercises, sometimes people do see, you know, a little bump in their bone density tests or something. So I think people automatically think, oh, that's it. I can just keep doing this and it's going to cure me. Can you talk a little bit about how the role that exercise plays in a, you know, healthful management and treatment of osteoporosis versus, you know, it's all I'm going to do and it's, it's going to be the golden ticket to cure me. Right. Yeah. You know, you do, um, you know, here and I've uh, spoken to people uh, who, uh, you know, say that uh, they've improved their bone density, very small uh, per percentage you know, of course, you don't know uh, if the tests were done on uh, you know, two different uh, DEXA machines. You don't know what type of supplements they've been taking. Um, so there's a lot of factors that go uh, go into that. It, it's uh, you know can be quite confusing because of all the, the different factors, and everyone's doing uh, slightly different things. But um, you know, exercise is is the stimulus that makes the bone stronger. And uh, stressing the bone through activity encourages to grow dense. And inactivity leads to decreased bone mass. So just try to exercise. We certainly uh, need more research, more large studies on osteoporosis. But without a doubt, there are enough valid studies indicating that we do need to strength train the uh, study out of Australia indicating uh, the importance of impact exercise and weight-bearing exercise. That's good. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you know that because, again, it's a, such a common question we get and really wanting to encourage people to, especially if they haven't been active and, and exercising, to use that as a tool to really improve their overall bone health is just so important. So we're kind of at the end of our time almost. Carol, and I just wanted, I mean, we could talk forever. I just wanted to sort of ask you, what are the the two or three big takeaways that you want listeners to know about osteoporosis and and exercise and physical activity? Well, one of them uh, relates to something you mentioned uh, right in the beginning, where one should make time for yourself. Be positive. For some, this is a wake-up call to do what you need in order to improve your health. Get your kids and your grandchildren to be active because when you build bone when you're young, it gives you a head start for uh, women in particular, especially when we start to go into uh, menopause. I would also recommend find an endocrinologist that you love that's up on the latest research. Learn all you can about your bones and your general health. Be aware of um, those that are taking advantage of 
all the fear out there on osteoporosis with expensive so-called cures. I would say educate yourself, follow the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation. It's an excellent resource. And I truly believe that with proper exercise and lifestyle changes, it is possible to live a long, healthy life. That's wonderful. What a great way to to end our discussion. Thank you so much, Carol. I really appreciate you talking with me today. I always love your insights and your practical tips, and I know our listeners will too. We will have links to Carol's website, Carol Michaels Fitness, and other episode resources available at bonetalk.org. And for more information about how to keep your bones strong and healthy for life, as Carol said, please visit our website at bonehealthandosteoporosis.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do two things. Subscribe to Bone Talk so you never miss an episode, and please share it with your friends and family. Thanks again, Carol. Wonderful to talk with you again. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Bone Talk, the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation's podcast that shares information, strategies, and inspiration about good bone health that makes active aging possible. To learn more about bone health, to become involved, and or help fuel BHOF's mission with financial support, visit bonehealthandosteoporosis.org.